When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding. And I'm your host, Isabel Hauser. And I am your host, Simon Brooks, and we have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away and will bring you back safely. Hello, Story Story Podcast hosts. Hello. Hello. So to all who are listening, we thought you would enjoy hearing a few stories from your intrepid hosts before the podcast goes on winter break. And the first story for this episode is going to be by Simon Brooks. So before you start us off with the story, Simon, what amazing thing have you seen this year? What amazing? Oh, well, actually, my mom turned 80 this year. And so my wife and my son and my daughter, 22 and 17, we all went over to see my mom, to visit my mom. And of course, because our kids were with us, we decided to go to a few castles. Now, one of them was the Ashley de la Zouche Castle, which is all ruins. There's not much left of it. But what's left is really, really cool, including this one tower that goes up 93 steps this is a very tall tower and you don't realize how tall it is until you've climbed up and you look down and somebody's up there but when we were at the bottom this mist came in it's absolutely beautiful because it gave it this wonderful spooky kind of feeling and then at the very top of this tower we saw this woman looking down and we, we waved up, but we didn't get a response back. And the steps were pretty narrow because in all these old castles, the staircases are not very wide at all. And so we're waiting and waiting and waiting, we're looking up there, and the woman wasn't there. And we're waiting and waiting and waiting for it to come out. And she didn't come out, and we thought, well, I wonder where she is. So we started to make our way up the staircase. But when we got to the very top, there was no one there. And there were no little offshoot rooms where she could have been hiding. So I think we had seen a ghost of the castle. Ooh. That is very, very mysterious. Much. It's very mysterious. So what story are you going to tell us today? I'm going to tell you the story, a story from Siberia, which is about Raven and Owl. But before I do that, I'm going to plug my power cord in so my camera doesn't die. <laughs> We're going to vamp. While he's doing that, ladies and gentlemen, we are just going to talk about what? We're going to talk about... Rabbits. Rabbits. Rabbits are a festival kind of uh, animal to have around. They're particularly handy during Easter. Uh, right, jugged hair, because it's Christmas, right? And you got to eat some good things. <laughs> Send the You're vegetarian. vegetarian. <laughs> I know, I know. all right go for it this story comes from siberia and is about owl and raven now as you know or maybe you don't siberia is very cold and is almost always covered in snow and all the animals are white 
All the birds are white, all the trees are white, the grass is covered, everything was white, including owl and raven. And they used to love going hunting together. They would fly together during the day, they would, they would separate sometimes, and then they'd come back and they, they would have chats around the fire that they cooked up over each evening, and they would talk about their adventures. But one day, as they were sitting there around the fire, talking to each other, swapping stories, Raven noticed a piece of ash pop and fall on the snow. And it created these, these little patterns, if you will. And as Owl was talking and talking and talking, as Owl was wont to do, and Raven was listening, because Raven's a good listener, he saw another piece of, of wood pop, pop, and the ash flew out and settled in the snow, creating all these patterns. And when the third time a piece of wood popped, Raven took one of his talons and, and reached into the fire and pulled out a stick and started to draw with the ash in the snow. An owl who was sitting right next to Raven saw this and said, Oh, those are nice patterns. I, I, I like those. Could, could, you, could you paint them on me? And Raven said, Yes, of course I will. Yes, absolutely. And so Raven took his stick and started to draw dots, like the dots that appeared in the snow, around Owl's eyes. And then he did a couple of lines, and, and then he painted some markings on his chest and on his great broad wings. And then Owl turned around and said, oh, could you do my back? And Raven said, yes, 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 yes. And so Raven started to paint patterns on his back. And then Raven said, could you do me? And Owl said, well, I suppose I could. And so Owl took hold of that stick and dipped it into the ash and started to paint on Raven. Now, I'm sure you know this. Everybody has some sort of innate talent. There are some people who are really good storytellers. There are some people who are really good mathematicians. There are some people who are really good physicists. There are some people who are really good astrologers. And of course, there are some people who are really good artists. And it turns out that Al was one of those. And so the paintings that he, he drew on Raven's wings, they were of hares running through the countryside. They were of the trees being swept about by the wind. They were about Fox and his adventures as he was hunting for food. But as Owl was doing this, he realised, well, you know, ravens, he just drew little dots and lines on me. And I'm, I'm painting these wonderful pictures on raven. I, I'm not so sure I want him to look better than me. Raven? Yes? Turn around so I can do your back. And so Raven turned around and said, I'm going to go on the other fire to, to have a look at your back to see what I can paint upon it. Okay. And so Owl went around the other side of the fire. And then he spread his, his huge wings and... And all the dust and the ash rose up out of the fire and fell down over Raven. And now he was covered in soot. As Raven... Owl realised what a terrible thing he'd done. And in his shame he took to wing and flew off into the trees. Now it turned out those little lines and those little rings and those dashes that were all over his body. When he was up in the tree, you couldn't see him. He was perfectly disguised. And Raven, when he looked down at himself, where are all my paintings gone? You know what? I kind of like this. I stand out from everybody else. Yes, I know where I stand in this white landscape. Because here I am. 
and he loved his new sooty feathers. But Owl, Owl from that day to this, is still a little bit anxious about how Raven might feel. And so he no longer hunts by day, but hunts at night to avoid him. The end. Very nice. (laughs) That was lovely. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. The fairy tale sponsor for this episode is Holiday Helpful Elves. You have heard of the Shoemaker's Elves, Santa's Elves, and the Elf on the Shelf. They are all card-carrying members of the incredible organization, the Helpful Holiday Elves, and they're here to make your holiday season merry and bright. If you are in need of some magical assistance, consider reaching out to the Helpful Holiday Elves for tasks such as grating potatoes for latkes, carrying in the Yule Log, wrapping the mountain of gifts, or placing the ears of corn out for the children. Each holiday elf comes with specific instructions about care and payment, which could range from a bowl of milk to new clothes. The elf assigned to you will be happy to make sure your holiday is relaxing and prosperous. Hire help for holiday elves, because during the holidays, everyone could use a little elf. And the second story for this episode is by the host, Rachel Ann Harding. And before you start us off with your story, tell us, what amazing thing did you see this year? Well, this year, as some of you may know, uh, my husband and I bought a house. And with buying a house, it's important to introduce yourself to the house. So when we finally got the keys and had the first opportunity to come in, I brought a few things to try to introduce ourselves politely. I brought a candle so there would always be warmth in the house. I brought salt and bread and chocolate so there would always be food in the house. I brought a roll of toilet paper so no one would ever run out. And we had a lovely evening just exploring the house and eating a little bit of the chocolate. We didn't try any of the toilet paper. We just decided to leave that there for future use. And then we locked everything up and we went back to where we had been living to get ready and pack and be ready for the move the next day. Now, when we got back here the next day, we noticed a little bit more of the chocolate was missing and some of the bread had been pilfered as well. Now, it wasn't as if a mouse had eaten it. There weren't holes in the bag. There weren't little droppings everywhere. No, something had untied the bag and brought, taken out its own little slice. So I think we have house elves. And so I, I, I'm working on wooing the house elves, as it were, leaving out bits of milk, trying to figure out what their favorite food are. Now, these are Colorado house elves, so we need to try maybe some Colorado-themed foods like peaches uh, and and beer. We have a big brewing industry. Maybe they'll enjoy a little bit of that. So we're still getting to know that, but that seems to be the magical thing that's happening for us right now. That is no so mouse traps then. No mouse traps. <laughs> and what will be Colorado house elves-themed gifts that they might leave you? I mean, it could be pine cones. (laughs) There's a lot of pine cones in Colorado. Um, We're also known for our steak, but these could be vegetarian house elves, so that's a possibility. I have noticed there are no squirrels in our neighborhood. There's a lot of rabbits, but no squirrels. So maybe they've chased all the squirrels away. I don't know. That's not a bad 
receive a present, do let us know. I'm curious. <laughs> and now, what story do you have for us today? So the story I'm telling today is actually one that I heard from you, Isabel. So I'm excited to share it with the, the listeners of the podcast. And this is a story from Russia. Long ago, near Christmas, a farmer was walking across his fields and he was full of worry. He had as many worries as the snowflakes falling out of the dark sky over his fields. He didn't have anything to get his children for Christmas, his friends, his family. Why They had just barely enough rubles to buy the bread for their table and this Christmas was going to be rather bleak and quiet. And as he worried about those things, walking across his field, he tripped over something. And looking, lifting his lantern high, he saw coming out of the frosty ground a ring. And he reached down to pull it up. It was a large, steady, sturdy ring. And he pulled on it. It wouldn't come out. So he went and got his trusty ox, tied a rope to it. And the ox pulled a huge bell out of the ground like a turnip. This bell was huge and round, and he gathered the friends and folk of the village to come look at it. Well, they thought this was the most marvelous thing that had ever been found in their village, and they all agreed to build a tower where this bell could live. The tower was built and finished on Christmas Eve. The bell hoisted up to the top, and the farmer who had found it was given the honor of ringing it first. And so he grasped the rope, and he pulled, and that bell swayed, and he pulled, and that bell swayed, he pulled, and mong, the sound rang out over the village, and those who heard it, those who were worried, became calm, those who were lonely found friendship, those who had no money found money, those who had no food while their neighbors brought them food. The village felt full of peace and joy that whole Christmas time. And so every year at Christmas time, the bell was rung. They would pull, it would sway back and forth until bong. Over the village, that peace and calm went. The story of that village and the bell reverberated out through the country until the story reached the ears of the czar. Unfortunately, in this story, the czar was not a very kind man. He was the kind of man who wanted everything for himself. And so when he heard of the bell, well, he knew that he should have it. He got a large wagon, a few soldiers, and he went to the village and ordered the villagers to give him the bell. Oh, they begged him not to. They said, you can come every Christmas and hear the bell. No, he said, it's my bell. Give it to me. So the wagon was put underneath the bell and the bell was lowered onto the wagon. The oxen were tied up to the wagon and urged to move forward with that precious bell. So the ox, they pulled and they strained. That wagon wouldn't move. So they gathered all the horses in the village and they put the horses, attached them to the wagon. They urged them on and the wagon would not move. So the czar ordered that every man of the village, every soldier he had brought, tie ropes to that cart and pull. But the wagon 
would not move. And so all the women and the children and the elderly, they were brought to hold on to ropes. They pulled and they strained sweat dripping down their faces. It would not move. And finally, the czar himself took hold of a rope and pulled and strained until his face turned purple as a beet. But the wagon would not move. And so with the dignity of a czar throwing a temper tantrum, he said, if I can't have this bell, then no one will have this bell. Smash it to pieces. And the soldiers, they did what they were told. They took large hammers and they smashed that bell into a thousand pieces lying in rubble on the ground. And the czar walked away and left the people looking at that pile. As winter came on that year, it felt heavier than any other year, for the bell would not be there to lift their spirits. The snow fell on that rubble and covered up the pieces of the bell, and people would walk by and shake their heads. But it was on Christmas Eve. The farmer who had found the bell in his field was walking by that pile of rubble, and he saw something sparkling underneath the snow. Dusting it off, he found that the bell, the pieces of the bell, had become thousands of tiny bells. And each one, when you rang it, gave you that little sense of peace and joy. He gathered up those bells, and he took them to all his neighbors. And so in each of their houses, they had a little bell to bring them peace and joy. And that is what I hope this Christmas season for you, dear listeners. That whenever you hear a bell ring, an angel will get its wings, but you'll also hear the Christmas bell from that story. That was beautiful. Yes, it was. I hope I did it justice. <laughs> you totally did. <laughs> well, we have six patrons from the same family to tell you about. They all have special magical gifts. So... The first one is Autumn. She has the gift of turning all spider webs into sparkling tinsel with the touch of her finger. Mm. Emmeline, she can breathe life into holiday candles. So if they go out, she just needs to blow on the wick and it'll spring back to life, which probably makes her birthdays very complicated. But around the holidays, it's quite a delightful gift. And Cora can turn coal into chocolate, which is really good if Santa leaves anyone this year coal in their stocking and Merrin can transform snowballs into ornaments which is super handy when those naughty boys down the road start to hurl snowballs at her because then she's got ornaments and then who's laughing then hey boys Amos can pluck real stars from the sky so you can have a real sparkle at the top of your tree or your nighttime sky or wherever you would like to have an extra sparkle and lastly Herman has a magical stocking out of which he can pull the perfect stocking stuffer for everyone. A big thank you to them and all the other patrons of the podcast. You are the sparkling trail of stardust on our wintry forest paths. The third story for this episode is by the host Isabel Hauser. Before you start us off with your story, Isabel, what amazing thing happened to you this year? Well, I did tell you about the trip to Corfu that I did in the late summer with my sweetheart. And um, 
A couple of magical things happened during that trip. I told you about one incident the, on the afternoon where we rented a boat to cruise around the bay of the place where we were staying, where um, my sweetheart took the um, intention of believing in mermaids. And I do believe it was a mermaid who left him a magical gift on our boat. And so after we'd received that boat, we cruised around some more and we actually left the perimeter of the area where we were allowed to be. The water was super calm, sun bright in the sky, so we thought it shouldn't be a problem. And then suddenly I saw something leap from the water and then splash back in and leap out again and splash back in. And I urged my sweetheart to get, go closer and closer with the boat. And then we saw that it was dolphins, but not only dolphins, there were also mermaids and mermen racing the dolphins and it was so exciting you could hear them laughing and splashing and cheering each other on and i wanted to go closer still but then we heard the coast guard approaching and they were urging us to come back into the perimeter of the area where we were allowed to be so we went back and um that was pretty amazing I've never seen more people racing dolphins. That sounds so cool, I have to say. And what's the story that you're going to tell us, Isabel? I actually had a story prepared, but um, then two nights ago I had a dream. And I would rather tell you about that dream that I had. Um, so two, two nights ago, it started to snow here in Souk, and it's really lovely. And um, it was a really wintry night where I went to bed early and I fell fast asleep and I had a dream. And in that dream, I was walking through the old part of town. And I've told you about that old part um, before. It's really atmospheric. It's medieval. And now it's super magical with the Christmas lights. So in my dream, I was walking through one of those alleys when I saw a warm glow emanating from a window. It was a shop window and I'd never noticed it before. So I peeked in and I saw wicker baskets lining the walls. And I saw that the glow didn't come from the lamps. It came from the person standing behind the counter. And I immediately knew that I was looking at an angel. So I went into the shop and I looked around and the angel was smiling at me and I asked him, what is it that you're selling? And he said, well, I sell everything you wish for. So I had a thing and I remembered that I was going to tell stories with you, um, in, you know, today. And so I said, well, um, you know, I'm telling stories with a couple of friends of mine, and I think if if I can if if I can get something for them, I would wish for courage and hope and deep happiness. And I think everyone who will listen to our stories can probably need a bit of serenity and peace because these times of year can be very stressful. And the more I got thinking, the more things popped into my mind that, you know, we could all use. And then when I had finished, and I think I listed about seven things, maybe, maybe eight. He just 
gave me a nod and disappeared behind a curtain. And a little later, he came out and he handed me this tiny box. And he said, well, there you go. Everything you want is in here. And I looked at him confused. And I said, what? Everything I want is in this tiny box. How is that possible? And he looked at me and smiled and said, well, you know, I don't sell fruit. I only sell the seeds. And then I woke up and, you know, it was the strangest thing, but I hope that whoever hears about my dream will maybe feel a little seed planted in their hearts. Who knows? And that's, you know, the kind of story um, I wanted to tell you today. It's not like a proper story. It was more my dream, but there you go. Hurrah. It was lovely. Yes. I, oh, yes. So good. Ah, <laughs> oh, the seeds. Yes. Ah. That was lovely. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find storytellers online. Tell them you heard them on the podcast this year and want to hear them tell more stories. Go find your favorite tellers from the podcast and discover what they can bring to your home. Did you know that you can connect with me at simonbrooksstoryteller.com redirects to Diamond Screen and with Isabel at isabelhauser.com and the Hauser is H-A-U-S-E-R.com and with Rachel Ann at rachelannharding.com. You can email us on the podcast at storystorypodcast at gmail.com. And while you're there, let us know the favorite stories that you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you will hear them here soon. The music, of course, is by Poddington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. It is also made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for supporting the podcast with your kindness and listening. You will hear more stories in the new year. But until then, live happily ever after. It gets a little garbled at the end. Hey, you know what we could do? Which might make it easier. Mary-Kate opened up the door and there on the doorstep wrapped in his own blanket was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding. And I'm and your I host, am... Isabel Hauser. And, and we're going to like... Back up and start again. Sorry. Sorry, I mean, you Go went on. in third. <laughs> Sorry. Okay.